Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. This episode of the Kettlecast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 103-99 victory over the Orlando Magic. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Atlanta Hawks came off their, their Game 1 victory in Detroit and had a couple days off before they played the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic were coming off their own victory in Game 1 where they defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers. And in my preview, I talked about a couple matchups that would really affect this game and also how the Magic had really destroyed the Hawks last year. The Hawks were able to turn a lot of those matchups on their head and pull out a victory. Again, Trey Young turned out to be the star in this game. He really controlled the game to start and to finish. At home openers, teams usually have one of their best players address the crowd and sort of thank them for coming to the opening game and also say what uh, the tone of the season is going to be. And Trey, even though it is just his second year, addressed the crowd and just thanked the fans for coming to State Farm Arena and said that they were going to play hard every every game. And he certainly had another wonderful game. 39 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds. He could have gotten to 40 points, but he missed a free throw at the end of the game. And he just had another fantastic all-around game. The Hawks didn't need him to play all 12 minutes of the first quarter this time around like he did in the first game. But Trey scored 10 points in the first 5 minutes of this game. There was no one on Orlando who had any chance of really stopping him. They threw... DJ Augustine, Markel Fultz, uh, Terrence Ross, Michael Carter-Williams, a lot of defenders came at Trey, and he was able to find his rhythm against all of them, really. And he, again, good from deep. He had a couple threes this game where he passed the ball off, and the ball found its way back to Trey. One in particular, he passed the ball, went got a just wide open three-pointer in the corner and drilled it. He even had time. It was right in front of the Hawks bench. He had time to stand there, look at the goal, and everyone went crazy. Trey has averaged, you know, 38 and a half points a game these first two games and that certainly won't continue, but it has just been so encouraging after the rough start he had to last season how he's really used the offseason where he played with Team USA and really focused on coming back stronger that it shows in in his play. And he just had another all-around wonderful game. It kind of looked like it was going to get dicey, especially in the fourth quarter when the Hawks had sort of been in the lead comfortably, not comfortably, but in the lead the whole game. The Magic had a nice little spurt to get up by five points in the fourth quarter. And there was a nice layup by DeAndre Bembry. There was a nice... A two-point shot by Vince Carter, who played a couple of minutes in the first quarter, got a warm welcome from the home crowd, but then didn't see any more playing time until that fourth quarter, came in and right away just had a nice little floating shot over the middle of the floor and saved off what could have been the Magic getting ahead by a lot. But Trey hit a big three to tie the game at 97, and then he hit the big three to put the Hawks up for good. And Trey really does relish being in the spotlight. He had a couple opportunities to get that uh, go-ahead shot, but he came down. Markel Fultz, a very 
long defender was on him. There was no doubt where this shot was coming from. Trey was going to take it. And when he shot it, it looked like it was online, but then he banked in the three, and the crowd went wild. It was awesome. It was a really great atmosphere for a game one for the Hawks. Uh, John Collins had a little bit of a tougher game. Again, getting back to the matchups we I talked about in the preview, uh, the length certainly did give John a problem in this game. He ended the game with nine points, 12 rebounds, and the thing that really stood out is he had four blocks. The Hawks as a team had nine blocks, which they only did eight times all of last season. In those eight games that the Hawks got nine blocks last season, they won six of them, so clearly them having a strong presence inside or or blocking the other team leads to good things for the Hawks. It was encouraging to see him be so active down low, especially against guys like Vucevic, Isaac, and Aaron Gordon. While it was a wonderful game from John Collins to have those four blocks, the biggest block may have come from Kevin Herter, where at the end of the game, Herter had a massive block, and Vince Carter secured the rebound off that block to really put the Hawks up for good. But after the game, Kevin was asked about his block, and one of the teammates in the uh, in the locker room or one of the coaches called him Kevin Matumbo. I don't think we'll be going that far yet, but getting to Kevin, he had a really nice game after kind of a rough first outing in Detroit. Kevin came back. He had a 20-minute limit to playing time, and he looked really comfortable. Him and Japari were fir- the first two players off the bench for the Hawks, um, with Fernando coming in as well. And Herter came in, and he hit two threes in the second quarter. He was feeling so good, he had a, a, another three that was what Dominique Wilkins would call a heat check, and just looked a, way more comfortable out there after having kind of a shake-off-the-rust performance in Detroit. Herter is going to be very important for this team as a secondary creator and as someone who can handle the ball or get Trey the ball when Trey's not handling it himself. It's going to be interesting to see when Herter gets inserted into the starting lineup. Right now, they're still bringing him off the bench and letting Cam Reddish start, but Herter's starting to look a lot better. It was good to see his confidence be a lot higher in this game where he took those three-point shots that maybe he had been a little hesitant shooting in the first game against the Pistons. So looking at some of those matchups that I talked about in the preview, the key things for me were keeping Nikola Vucevic in check, the matchup of the Magic shooting guards, Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross against our shooting guards, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, and even DeAndre Hunter a little bit, whoever was guarding those guards for the Magic. And then finally, John Collins versus Length. Um, We talked about John Collins and how he played and how he was able to, even though he didn't score a lot, he was able to affect this game using his defense. But let's get to how our shooting guards matched up against their shooting guards. Evan Fournier... That dude just loves to see the Hawks on the schedule. He had 23 points. Although he only hit one three-pointer, he was really the one player on the Magic that was keeping him in this game. Now, if you look at the stats for this game, the Magic as a team shot 35% from the field and 16% from three. They were awful shooting. And the only reason that they were able to stay in this game is the amount of free throws that they drew. The Hawks fouled the Magic 26 times versus the Magic only fouling the Hawks 15 times. And that showed itself in the free throw disparity. The Magic got to the free throw line 26 times to the Hawks 15. And the Hawks only made 8 of those 15 free throws. If the Hawks make 
anywhere close to all their free throws. This isn't a close game. And if, honestly, the Magic don't get all the calls that they got, this isn't a close game. The Magic were un- ridiculously cold from three-point line. Like I said, Evan Fournier was only one of six. Terrence Ross was one of six. And a couple of Terrence Ross's attempts were wide open, and he just didn't have the normal game that he has against the Hawks. But for the Hawks to hold Evan to the only player that really went off at, against them, that's what allowed them to get this victory. Vucevic was also held in check after averaging 25 points and 16 boards against the Hawks. He only had 16 points and 10 rebounds, and a lot of his shots came from the mid-range. The Hawks aren't known as a super strong defensive unit or, or any sort of shot-blocking team, especially not last year, and for them to get nine blocks and hold the Magic to such a poor shooting percentage from the field just really shows their dedication to the defensive side of the ball, and I think it also gets to our rookies. And with that, we'll get into the fledgling focus and look at how those rookies were doing. With Hunter and Reddish, I might say this every podcast now, it is just very apparent that their extra length gives other teams problems. Cam Reddish didn't have the best game offensively. He was more aggressive. He was uh, definitely taking the ball to the hoop, and he had six points. With his slight frame, he's going to have to figure out how to absorb NBA contact and finish. But on the defensive side of the ball, both him and Hunter get back into shots that normally the Hawks weren't going to get back into, and that bothered the, the Magic. On the perimeter, Reddish is able to not only affect shots, but also passing lanes. There was one possession in particular where the Magic got the Hawks in full rotation in de- on their defense, and uh, Al Farouk Aminu got the ball in the corner. He was all by himself. Cam Reddish was rotating, and Aminu tries to make the pass to the guy that Cam Reddish is rotating from, and Reddish is just so long he's able to knock the ball away. Now the ball went out of bounds, and the Magic held on to that possession, but that's a set play instead of a player getting an open look at the three-point line. And to see the uh, the defensive side of both these rookies when um, normally rookies come in and that's a side of the ball that is very tough for them um, has been a huge win for the Hawks. Now, Reddish is going to have to work on his, his shot. He sometimes seems like he shoots the ball a little low and isn't super confident. I was really impressed or glad to see that Against the Magic, he seemed to be aggressive and didn't have any hesitation shooting threes, and I think those shots will fall, but I continue to be impressed by his defense. Uh, Hunter, I mean, Hunter, there's not a lot of you can say about the guy. So he played 22 minutes to Reddish's 23 minutes. He also had six points. He also had three rebounds. The dude can pass the ball. He had one pass. One of the great Hawks riders retweeted the pass, and he throws it. It's all the way across court from one side of the three-point line to the other side of the three-point line to Vince Carter, who then passes it inside to DeAndre Bembry for a layup. But for a rookie to be making that pass is just crazy, and they're giving a lot of responsibility to DeAndre Hunter. He is getting the ball, being able to dribble in the middle, and then kick out to three-point shooters. While six points and three rebounds might not be the amount of stats you want to see, he was fantastic, and he ended the game with being plus... 21. He led the team in plus minus. Again, plus minus is pretty volatile game to game, but that just shows you how how good the Hawks were when he was on the court. Finally, 
Fernando continue, continues just to be energy off the bench. He had a wonderful tip in, and just uh, he will go for blocks. He will go for rebounds. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to finish this game. He sprained his ankle and had to leave after only playing eight minutes. But another great thing about Fernando and another underrated thing that players on the end of the bench, whether they're rookies or not, can do is just cheer the team on. A former Hawk, Kent Bazemore, basically swears by the fact that he was able to hang in the NBA half of because of how much he cheered his team on from the bench. And one of his, like, iconic or, or most on-brand cheers is when somebody hits a three like basically doing the three guitar and he'd get down to one knee and do it fernando is a seven foot tall guy who does that and it's pretty awesome to see that just like level of enthusiasm for a game it's easy i think to lose focus on that this is a game that they're playing fernando doesn't lose any of that joy at all and it's Really fun to see him at seven feet tall. He's got the flat top haircut. When Kevin Herter or Trey Young hits a three, he's getting down and making, you know, throwing the three up and just could not be happier for any of the guys. And the the team has gotten off to two wins, but I think a really good sign is just how much these guys do celebrate one another. When Trey hit this ridiculous bank shot, there's a shot that of the team that just fully embracing it cam reddish is super excited evan turner is all hyped up but this team is could not have gone off gotten off to a better start and uh that certainly helps the chemistry of the team and we'll see if that stays the way it is the rest of the season but i want to give the fledglings a, a thumbs up on this game all three of them contributed you get 55 minutes of great perimeter defense from hunter and reddish Hunter was going up against Aaron Gordon for a lot of the night. And going up against threes in the NBA is a tough job for a veteran. And for DeAndre Hunter to come in and right away be defending those players is ridiculous. And then for Cam Reddish to be able to guard the best perimeter player on the other team and allow Trey Young to be hidden somewhere else, it's just fantastic. And it really shows like a maturity level for those guys but also just like to get two players that contribute that much right away is is a big win now going up against the team they're going to play tonight the 76ers who throw out a lineup that has one player who's 6-5 and everybody else is taller than that it's going to be really interesting to see where Trey is and I'll be very interested to see who draws the assignment of guarding Ben Simmons whether that's uh, Reddish or Hunter I've been really impressed with all three of the rookies so far, and it was also good to hear that the injury for Fernando wasn't serious. He wanted to get back in the game. I mean, that just seems to be the player that Fernando is. He just has this energy. He wants to be out there for his team, but they didn't let him get back. We'll see what how if these guys can continue going forward. I do want to say Damian Jones played a pretty good amount this game, and he was all right. Um, I had been really critical of Damian Jones in the preseason. It seemed like, especially on defense, he had no idea where he was going or what he was doing. And I'll give Jones one thing. He knows how to finish the ball, which sometimes it feels like Alex Lynn does not. Damian Jones will dunk it. And Damian Jones was out there, and he was given effort on defense. There was one one play I remember where it was him versus two Magic players on the break. He got the guy to the point guard to pass the ball 
to the big, Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac went up for a dunk, and Damian Jones went up and tried to block it. In real time, it looked like he had gotten a clean block. They called a foul, and um, upon replay, it was a foul. But to see a guy do that and attempt to get the block, that's not always what happens. Damian Jones will continue to monitor that situation. But if they can get some performance from him, that would be great. That was pretty much it from this game. The crowd was excellent, especially it being as close a game as it was. It was really cool to have everyone standing up in the fourth quarter. The Hawks really had a chance where they could have kind of given up. They got down by five with about three minutes to go, and they hung in there, and they didn't They didn't fold. They uh, had a wonderful comeback just to get back to Trey Young, and Trey really just relished the moment. He had a reverse. He had that bank three. And the crowd just went went crazy. And there is some buzz about this guy. There, there's a ton of number eleven jerseys out there in the in the uh, stands. I saw people walking around in Fernando jerseys, which is not something I expected. But uh, there's John Collins as well. And there's a lot of positive energy, especially on an opening night where everybody got T-shirts. But but it was a really really fun game. Um, going in now they play the only other undefeated Eastern team in the 76ers. Possibly after going up against a true contender, we'll get to see where the Hawks are. But they've done some things that have been not what I expected going into the season. They've been really good with their field goal percentage, mostly shooting threes and shots in the paint. And they've held opposing teams from doing that. They've done a really good job of rebounding the ball, That was another area where the Magic destroyed them last season. And again, the Hawks flipped that on its head and out-rebounded the Magic in this game. Now, the Magic missed more shots. The Hawks didn't miss quite as many shots. But that's a very good sign that the Hawks are doing something right. They will have to work on their fouls again. It was kind of stunning in the fourth quarter just how quickly the Magic were able to get into the penalty. And it just seemed like the rest were only calling fouls on one side of the ball. But the Hawks will have to clean that up, and they'll have to keep on. After having a good game against the Pistons with not a lot of turnovers, that turnover bug came back again. And that, and, but uh, the Hawks have played really well these first two games, and it'll be really a very good measuring stick to play this 76er team. It's not clear yet whether Embiid is going to be playing, but the Hawks themselves seem as healthy as they've been. Kevin Herter will be someone to monitor, especially after playing a little bit longer in Game Two. But they had the Hawks themselves had the game the day off yesterday, so I assume everyone's going to be a full go. And it appears as if, as if Fernando will be playing. Hawks two and zero celebrate being undefeated. It's really awesome. I will be back tomorrow to discuss the 76ers game. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. If you have any questions, you can email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. It would help me a lot if you would let any Hawks friends you know or friends you know who like the Hawks know about this podcast. And if you could give a rating or, or review on whatever service you use to listen to the KettleCast. And I will talk to you next time. Go Hawks!